Welcome to the Going Somewhere podcast, a podcast for anyone who finds themselves in the ambiguous adventure of young adulthood, a season marked by uncertainty, change, love, heartbreak, and a whole lot of big decisions. Sit down with me for some real and raw conversations with some incredible people as we dig into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in this beautiful yet complicated season of life. If this podcast helps you in any way, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with friends. Be sure to join the conversation on Instagram by following goingsomewhere.podcast. We're all going somewhere. We might as well go there together. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Going Somewhere podcast. Today I am joined by a friend that I've known for a while. It is Tom Trask. How are you doing, Tom? Doing well, Stephen. Doing well. Hey, thanks for jumping on the podcast. Uh, I can give people a little heads up. You are currently serving as the vice president of Feed One through Convoy of Hope. Do you just want to give us a little bit of a background on who you are, where you come from, what you're doing now? Sure. Uh, yeah, my name is Tom Trask, and I have been in ministry of one form or another for, oh, 20-some years now. I'm, I feel like I'm just getting a little bit older and stuff. Uh, but uh, for 20 years of my life, I was a U.S. missionary with uh, Chi Alpha Campus Missions. Yeah. And uh, in the, I was at, at uh, Missouri State University for a couple years, and then spent uh, the next 17 years at uh, the University of Missouri, um, being their campus pastor, and uh, have jumped into this role with Feed One, oh, you know, a whopping six months ago. So <laughs> I'm a veteran. What can you say? <laughs> You've been doing it a long time. Yes. What actually kind of sparked that that jump? You know, I was I was in Kyle for, for six years. That's where we met. We can talk more about that in a minute. But um, yeah. what kind of what kind of sparked that jump? Well, I've been involved with Feed One in one form or another for literally a decade now. Uh, I was a campus missionary, like I said, and I was preparing for a missions trip. Uh, I had always taken our group to a children's home in Jamaica uh, in the Blue Mountains for literally 10 years. And so I was getting ready for this missions trip, and I got a call from Scott Martin. Uh, he would go on to become the national director of Chi Alpha. And he called me. He's like, hey, Tom, I need you to do something. And if you know Scott, you don't say no to Scott right away. It's not going to work. And uh, and so he goes on. He's like, I need you to go to this meeting in L.A. Uh, May 25th. And I'm like, Scott, I can't do that. I'm, I'm literally going to be in a different country. And he's like, Tom, just listen to me. I need you to do this. And so as I started to listen to him, he started to tell me about this conversation that he had with the president of Convoy of Hope about how the Lord had laid on his heart that he would use young people to end worldwide children childhood hunger. And uh, kind of one of those things that uh, years and years ago, uh, being a minister, you get inundated with a lot of good things. And I'm, I ask God, I'm like, help me identify the great things that you want in my life. There's a lot of good, good, and some what would be good for me might be someone else's great, but Lord, I need you to identify the things that are great for me that will produce the most fruit for the kingdom. And so 
as I'm listening to Scott, honestly, I I stopped listening to him. Don't tell him that. But I started listening to the Holy Spirit. And by the time I got off the phone, I remember hanging up the phone. It was one of those fold ones back in the day. And I look at my wife and I'm like, honey, I think I'm going to this meeting in L.A. I'm going to be leaving a mission strip early and going to this meeting in L.A. because I think this is one of those great things that God wants me to be involved in. Wow. And so I left my trip early, took a student with me, and we were at the first planning meeting ever for Feed One before it even existed. Didn't know what was going on, had no real clue, but uh, got to give some input on that. And so I went back to my campus and was like, all right, there's this new thing called Feed One. We're going to raise money for kids. For $10 a month, we can feed a child every school day. Let's do it. And so that I'm like, let's take the week before Thanksgiving and we'll call it the week of thanks. We're blessed. Let's celebrate the blessings the Lord gives to us and be thankful by giving to someone else. And so that first week, our group raised $1,300. And uh, we ended up being the first Chi Alpha group ever to give to Feed One. And uh, we just kind of stuck with it. And it kind of grew in the ministry's DNA and our students' hearts. And, you know, it just was a good connection point. You know, students love to do stuff. They love to talk about doing stuff. Feed One was the vehicle to make stuff happen. And uh, so we just kind of grew it and uh, kept being involved. Um, eventually, my wife and I became the Feed One specialist for Chi Alpha. And I... I started also helping on the convoy side of things as their collegiate coordinator for Feed One. Um, and then our last year at Mizzou, we raised about $50,000 um, for the year. And uh, I got a phone call and they asked me, hey, would you consider doing this? And I mean, between you and me, I really wasn't super interested. I mean, I wasn't. <laughs> this, is just, I loved... this is just me and you here. Nobody else. Yeah, is just, here, just so, yeah. me, you just... and <laughs> Whoever else is yeah, listening, yeah. you know, but I was happy with what the Lord had asked me to do. I was, I was happy. I wasn't content. Content can be one of those things where you get lazy, but I was happy with what the Lord had called me to. Mm -hmm. I loved Chi Alpha. Um, I love my students. I still love my students. Um, but so initially I was like, no, but like you should, you should always pray about stuff. I tell my students, you need to pray about stuff. I probably should do the same thing too. And so I spent some time really just praying and fasting and uh, the Lord began to stir my heart. And I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to leave. I, I don't I don't want to do that. But I want to do what makes you happy. And I want to be in your will. And uh, the more and more uh, I prayed about it, there were those tiny moments of confirmation where you're like, Lord, just make it clear. I'm like, I, I have to know this is the direction you want me to go. Um, and he did. And so all along the way, I saw his hand in these things. And uh, here I am now, uh, the vice president of Feed One, which is still pretty surreal for me. I, you know, there are those yeah. moments like, I'm just that Chi Alpha guy at the <laughs> University of Missouri. Now I get to help literally hundreds of thousands of kids get fed every single day. And uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm honored that the Lord gave me this opportunity. That's so cool. And Feed One is such an incredible organization. And, you know, it was through you and 
our homie Angela Jarvis that yes. that really <laughs> struck a chord for me um, with Feed One and. Uh, I know when we first brought it to our campus, gosh, that was probably 2018 or 2019. Yep. Um, you know, we just kind of took some notes from you guys and our students took it way farther than we expected. We set some goals and our students kind of blew it out of the water. And uh, it's, it's so fun to see that that's a continued thing that's happening at NDSU, something that I was so passionate about as well. Um, and actually what's kind of fun is that starting with this episode, we're going to be um, just doing a little partnership with Feed One, and, and we're going to be using the Going Somewhere podcast to raise some money for Feed One uh, to feed some kids. And so we'll be talking more about that at the end of the episode today. But I know when our paths kind of crossed uh, originally, <laughs> um, you know, we were in that Chi Alpha world and uh, our light conference, which is our training, you know, conference for leaders. Uh, I feel like the, my memory of meeting Tom Trask is when, you know, you and Andy were selected to be like these ambassadors <laughs> for Chi Alpha for our region. And it wasn't like a vote thing, but Mike Amy comes to me and Ryan Coster and says, Hey, you know, let's just have some fun with this. You guys need to act like you're running against them for this for this thing. And it maybe was supposed to be like a two minute joke and it lasted like what, four years. Yes. Yes, it did. Ben. Yes, it did. It went on for a while. <laughs> I I've always meant to ask like, what, what was your thought of all that? Because I think there's some people that didn't think it was as funny as Ryan and I did. I, I loved it, man. I'm like, here's the thing. It, it goes back to even with Andy and stuff that was for, uh, guiding coalition from our region yes the guiding and, coalition uh, yeah and, and it, I, even you guys ran uh i got thrown up there and i still remember going hey a vote for andy is a vote for tom trask so <laughs> vote for andy please it was it was one of those moments that uh i just have fun with stuff just have a good time but also giving other people the opportunity to serve in areas whether it's Andy or you guys, you and Ryan, I serve on enough stuff that people hear my voice and I don't need to, I don't want to turn into white noise, you know? Um, so funny. And, and I still, there was on a kind of serious note, I still remember walking back to my seat and there was a leader, not from our region, but a leader was there. And he leans into me, goes, Tom, you are the most reluctant leader I have ever met. And I'm like, and I remember turning around looking at him and go, I'm I'm not. I just want to give other people the opportunity to serve. And I don't feel the need to talk all the time to be heard. I'm like, I would prefer to be the type of leader that when I do speak, people pay attention to me because I'm not speaking all the time. And that's the kind of leadership I always would encourage my staff and uh, my students i'm like dude there's so much white noise in this world stop talking even a fool can sound wise when they don't speak <laughs> and so stop talking listen to people and then when the lord wants you to say something powerful people will actually pay attention to you and so yeah there's a fun aspect but that one stuck with me it, yeah it, one, yeah man <laughs> I I love that in the in the mix of Ryan and I just being dumb and making t-shirts and uh, the the level that we took it 
there's something like, you know, significant happening as well. So that's, that's great. You know, we, we had a lot of fun in, I had, I had so much fun in that season. And, um, I know for you being around college students for 20 years and this being a young adult podcast, I think that was part of outside of talking about feed one. I just kind of wanted to, to talk to you about that because you've been around 18 to 22 year olds. Now they're like 18 to 25, I think, you know, all that, uh, (laughs) that, that trend, but, um, you've been around that, that demographic for so long. And so I'm just anxious to just hear like, what are some of like the, the key things that as you were transitioning, even out of Chi Alpha, as you were leaving that season that you hope that they would have gained from you and, and just the time under your leadership? Well, everything we did and this, I've used it in sometimes talking about feed one, but this was definitely a ministry thing for me. My personal approach to ministry was to empower my students to work with the creator of the universe to do the impossible. Um, If I encourage them to do anything less than that, it doesn't require faith. They won't see God's power and they won't see the miraculous happen. And so I would do everything that we did in the ministry would I didn't want to I didn't want them to have the ability to do it themselves. I didn't want them just to be able to walk into a situation and make no doubt God creates us with a mind that he wants to use and stuff, but he wants to work with us. And so I would try to create situations that probably were a little bit difficult so that they would have to lean into the Holy Spirit. And that's that's my goal for them leaving college ministry, going into the church, was to be spirit empowered and in tune enough and used to enough of working with the Holy Spirit to actually see great things happen in their life and wherever they're going to serve next. Uh, Your mentor burned that into my mind. It's not what we do in this season. It's the people that they are 20 years from now. That that's what matters. And that's what is a distinguishing characteristic of whether you're successful or not. And so that partnership with God was a big part of it for me. What were, what were some of the things that you did in your ministry to kind of push them into that place and to trust the Holy spirit? I, a lot of uh, on campus evangelism, um, depending on what generation you came through Chi Alpha, you, you you know, there's always the phrase of, you know, maybe treasure hunting on campus. Yep. Yeah. Um, It would stretch our kids that if you don't understand what treasure hunting is basically taking time before you go out, spending time in prayer, listening to the Holy Spirit, and listening for guidance. Maybe there's he would identify to you someone that you need to talk to, some, some someone that you need to talk specifically to, maybe a piece of clothing, maybe whatever, or a topic that you needed to talk to someone about. And so uh, we would, I early on, we did the whole let's have a table with cookies every single week. And we just became known as that cookie group. <laughs> and that's not, I, I have no problem. Obviously I like feeding people. That's kind of my gig now and stuff, but I didn't want Chi Alpha to be known as that. And I didn't want followers of Christ to be known as only that. Um, and so we would, we would encourage them to have those spirit empowered moments to go out and campus. And it was pretty awesome that they got to see opportunities to really connect. Like they had never thought about it. 
you mean I can actually just walk out on campus and listen to God and speak life and hope wow. and truth yeah. to people? Yeah, you can. It's a crazy idea. Last time I checked, Jesus walked a lot. And that's basically what he did. He brought God's light to people. And so we tried to mimic or mimic what Jesus did in a lot of those things. And you would, we had other opportunities like our missions trips. I was very specific about where we took teams to. Um, I like physical labor. I want that to be a part of, would always want to be part of our trips, but there had to be as much spiritual labor as possible too. Um, I wanted them going into some scary areas. I wanted them once again, to have to lean into God and become attuned to him so that when they came back to our campus, it wouldn't be weird in their lives. Right. And so, you know, that intimate relationship, you know, you know, very well leading a life group with guys, getting them to pray is like pulling teeth sometimes, man. That's <laughs> so, but really training people that I, I, I still would do, uh, we would call it altar ministry. You know, I'd still okay. would pray for people. But honestly, the last two years at Mizzou, I did a lot less of that because I was specifically trying to empower my staff and my students to be the ones that were praying. I don't have a magical power. Right. The whole same spirit that lives in me lives in you. And I need you guys to step into that role. And as annoying as COVID was for trying to do ministry, it actually really stretched a lot of our people into that level and into that next place. And I saw my staff and my students take ownership in things they probably would not have if COVID hadn't happened or I didn't give them the opportunity to. And so, yeah. I feel like that transition from college into young professional, young adulthood, that, that season right after college can be really uh, tricky, you know, really difficult, no matter how well you were trained or if you're a part of a, a, a college ministry that did equip you for that next season. So what are some of the success stories or what are some of the, the things that you've seen that have come out of your ministry? Well, either positive or negative, not what now with names, but just of, man, this is what it looks like if you carry this into the workplace. And maybe this is something that we learned along the way uh, that we need to do better to equip our students to really thrive in that season. Yeah, it was a dip, it, it was a tough transition because in Chi Alpha and campus ministry, you have such a close relationship with people yep. that when you get into the real world, uh, people are kind of siloed into their own little lives whether it's because of the job that they have or fam they start their families and it can be extremely difficult and almost disheartening for a lot of them. Um, I would get a lot of phone calls from people that it's spiritually very solid, very solid, but they were almost lost because the next step didn't look like their previous step, you know, that, the church world wasn't like the Chi Alpha world. And I would have some pretty deep conversations with some of these uh, stu former students that's like, it's not supposed to. You, you need to understand the, the Gospels 
those three years that Jesus will, you know, walked and talked and discipled those 12 doesn't look the same once he returns to heaven. You know, the season completely changed. The atmosphere changed. It didn't mean it was worse than when Jesus was there. His God's, you know, Jesus sent his spirit and his power and his anointing on everyone. You will do greater things than me. So it's not worse. It's different. And it's being able to adjust to those differences. And uh, I remember telling a guy that, honestly, whenever we do a relationship talk, my number one point was stop looking for the one and become the one. Become the one that God created you for. And then someone else will come along. I am like, you need to take that same mentality when you're looking for a church home. Stop looking for what only for what they can give you and start giving back. Oh, they don't have, you know, a life group for young adults. Cool. Do it. Right. They don't have, they don't have this, you know, on the worship team. Yeah. You have that talent God's given you. Do it. Well, they don't, I don't like this or I don't like that. What do they have? And more importantly, what do you have to give back? I'm like, I love what we did during Chi Alpha and we poured into you for a specific purpose, but now it's so that you can pour out into the church world or into your work world and take the, take the base elements, the things that don't change and apply it to your new life that you, that God's given you in this new season. It's like, and you have to take ownership in that. Just like when you right. came into school, you had to go from, um, you know, your parents' relationship with God to making it your own. At this point, you have to go from your relationship and how Chi Alpha has it and make it your own in this new, you know, new paradigm of a new season of life. And so lovingly, but you had to kind of kick them in the rear end at times. It's like, stop whining. We've talked about seeing the need, meet the need, and be the church, man. It's like you get a lot of people that they get very, I only want to hang out with this type of person and this attitude and this even age or demographic or whatever. I'm like, that's not really the church. The church wow. is made up of people who, well, it should. Uh, and unfortunately, you know very well, the church is probably the most segregated uh, organization in America. Most of the time, it's people who look, think, act, and behave like us. That's not unity, that's uniformity. And wow. yeah, we need to get outside of who we are. And I, we stand on the truth of who Jesus is. We go back to his principles, but if you're young, have friends that are with older people. If you have kids, have friends who are single, you know, cross-pollinate because every season of life has new things that God reveals to us. And you that's how you learn from people. And so take what you've learned and help out. And don't forget to tie that your church. There you go. So <laughs> that's it. Signing off. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's yeah. so good. I think, um, you know, 
this episode can be can be just that this is uncle tom just kind of giving us a, a reminder <laughs> of these things because i do i think like in what i've experienced what i've seen a lot is that these initial months and then year a lot of a lot of people will actually kind of almost treat it like a all right i, I just need to take a step back i need to readjust i need to take a break from you know i led a small group in college ministry or i was really active in this way, this way, and this way. So I just need to kind of assimilate and just kind of figure out where I fit. And then what I see a lot is kind of that attitude just permeates into the next several years. And uh, how do you think people can prevent that? And so what's maybe the advice you give to somebody, not graduation day, not like you're standing there, <laughs> graduation day, no, go into your future. But what what advice are you giving to that, that student? You know, I, I understand the need to find a church and I need to, I understand the need to find a community where you feel a part of. Um, and it takes a little bit. Okay. I live in a town that literally has like 80 assemblies of God churches. You could go to a different church every week for a year and a half and never go back. I don't know if that's super healthy as far as for an individual person. I'm not saying we need churches to reach yeah. the lost, but too much of that uh, buys into a consumer mentality that America already struggles with that. Well, this, this one's not perfect or that's missing this thing. I'm going to go this one. And so spend a lot of time bouncing around looking for things once again, that they should become. And so I get taking a little bit of time, finding the right atmosphere, but in, I would encourage once you have determined, once you've determined where the Lord wants you to be, it's not just to be, but it's to serve. I mean, nowhere in God's word is it like, I just take everything. We, we, it passes through, we give it to others. And so once you find a church, you need to find roles immediately that you can serve in. Doesn't mean you necessarily have to be a Bible study leader, you know, small group leader tomorrow. Um, but you do need to start giving back, and on a regular basis. Not you know, not saying take a staff position unless the Lord opens that up to you. But right. really, being if you get out of the habit of giving, you become cheap you kind of shrivel up, you stop working out, you lose muscle mass, you know, these are all one of those things that it's like in the long-term journey with the Lord, it, it's still a race, man. And you still got to train and you still got to exercise and not making it all about you will always be a important part of the church. Um, yeah, you, you, you have to make it about other people and what the Lord has empowered you to do. And so like, if it means you're an usher, be an usher. If it means playing on the worship team, even if they're not good, you still do it because you make the overall body better. And that's, that's the mentality that people have to have. What am I going to bring that will enhance God's church on a weekly basis? And if we're all bringing our best to the Lord, it's going to be pretty good. It might not yeah. be perfect. It might not look all the same at every church, 
But if we're bringing our best gifts and our sacrifices to God, they will it will honor him. It'll be a pleasant uh, incense in his presence. And it'll just be good all the way around. There'll be that brotherly and sisterly love that God calls us to. And so, yes. That's so good. That's a good reminder. And I think, you know, I was just reading in Romans 12, where it's, if you serve, serve well, if you give, give generously, if you teach, you know, teaches, if you're, I, I can't remember the exact, but that, that idea of bringing your best and, and coming in, um, knowing that I, this isn't a place, like you said, that I just come and attend. It's a place where I serve and, uh, lean in with who I am, who God's created me to be, to serve the people around me. So I know for you, um, church world is not, a new place in the sense, I mean, you grew up, um, maybe a lot of people don't know where you came from. Um, but your dad was the, the superintendent or the national director for, for, um, for the assemblies of God. And so what was kind of that experience like, like growing up kind of in a pastor's home and then in that leadership home, and then kind of your journey into college ministry in Chi Alpha? I, I will admit it could be a challenging at times. Um, my dad became the, uh, he was called the general treasurer. Um, okay. One of the top four executives when I was 12 years old. And so I moved from, you know, the Detroit area of Michigan to Missouri. And I didn't actually know where Missouri was, even though <laughs> I had no real clue. And uh, we moved to Springfield. And I'll be honest, man, literally the, Within two days of moving to Springfield, we went to a rodeo in a small town south of Springfield. And I still remember thinking to myself, where did my parents move me to? What is this place? Uh, I mean, it was it was pretty surreal and stuff. And uh, so it, I would say growing up in that kind of in that home, in that environment, um, you, you know, just be honest, you get to see the good and the bad. Um, my parents were good examples. They're great people and stuff. Um, I got, I had the opportunity to see the Lord do amazing things. Um, services, healings, people, you know, saved left and right, just a lot of great opportunities. Um, he also saw some things that mm, a little less thrilled about, to be honest with you. Um, and unfortunately, when I was young, I let that impact my relationship with the Lord, especially going into college. Uh, just to be honest with you, I didn't really serve the Lord in, in college. And I like to joke that uh, my 20 years, almost 20 years in Chi Alpha was my penance for not being a good Christian in college. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, But, you know, in, I never had a problem with Jesus. I really didn't. I'm like, he's a good guy. Yeah. He cares about me. I, I get that. Unfortunately, it was probably the example of uh, Christians that led me not to really want to have a great relationship with Jesus. Because I'm like, if this person is supposed to represent Jesus, I don't really want any part of that. And wow. so I spent a lot of time in college, you know, once again doing my own thing, not purposely trying to be rebellious or anything like that, but just, I'm good. No, no, I'm, I'm good. Jesus. I'm, I'm cool. I'm, I'm good. And, uh, 
it wasn't till I graduated and I started in grad school that uh, Lord really started to get a hold of me. Um, started pointing out some things that Tom, you spent way too much time looking at people and not enough time looking at me. Um, if you stared at me, I'm bright enough. You wouldn't notice anyone else. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, it was, it was pretty, uh, pivotal. Uh, when I was in grad school, you know, I did go to Chi Alpha a couple times. Um, I initially went to a Christian school for undergrad, never heard of Chi Alpha. And then I went to Missouri state, uh, to get my master's degree in history. And I went to a few services with, uh, a legend in Chi Alpha, Joe Zikafus. And uh, just, it got me thinking. Um, and it was over a process of time, um, just deciding that I didn't really particularly love my life. I'm like, I tried to live my own life and I didn't like where it ended up. Right. And what would happen if I redirected my life the way the Lord wanted me to? Um and so, yeah, yeah, it's man. Powerful. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of people that can resonate with that. And I think, you know, one of the big things, kind of the hot button topic is deconstruction in the church and we don't have to dig into that, but I think a lot of that and, and a lot of people that have come to the other side of that and love Jesus and love the church, you know, have come to that same conclusion of, Hey, if I look at Jesus, that's, that's what matters. And and I love that your view of the church has changed. You know, it's it's not like you still sit there like, yeah, I love Jesus, but I hate all these people. The church yeah. is broken. Like how just quickly, like how has that been redeemed? And and maybe you've already spoken to that with some of the things we've talked about. Well, I did have to get myself straight with the Lord and see things for how they truly were. Had the wrong glasses on. You know what I'm saying? The perspective was incorrect and I wasn't coming from Jesus perspective. I'm like, if I was coming from Jesus perspective, he came down out of heaven, died, uh, you know, a thief's death. He would have never done that. You know, or I, I should have that kind of thought process right. that he didn't do it because we deserved it or we had earned it. He did it because he loved us. And so Jesus really had to change my heart and make me actually soft to who he is as far as loving people. And those who are given much have a lot of responsibility. I have been given a whole lot of grace um, by the Lord. I've been told many times by my students, like, Tom, you have a lot of grace. I'm like, it's because God's given me a lot of grace. Uh, the the older I get, Stephen, <laughs> the more I realize any success that I have has very little to do with me being right and everything to do with the fact that the Lord is very merciful Amen. and very gracious. And so being able to have his perspective and then seeing that the church does do good things, the vast majority of people are good. Even how I would approach students, I'd always tell my staff, students are always going to be 80% good, no matter what. Even if they are away from the Lord doing all these things, for the most people, part, people are good. It's that 20% that's hurting, that's lost, that causes them to lash out. 
and we need to treat that accordingly. I'm not saying we don't address the, these root issues. We got to dig that stuff out, but always come from the perspective that these are people created in God's image. They're children of God and God loves them. And so whether we like it or not, we are called to love them. And so being able to see the church as the real body, physical body of Christ. And if I'm going to say I love God, that means I have to love the body of Christ. Wow. Yeah. And really seeing that the impact people can really have on their communities. Yeah. Hey, that's so good. And I, I think one of the beautiful things about Feed One, you know, as we kind of land this plane, um, you know, one of the beautiful things about Feed One is that hands and feet nature uh, of Jesus. And, you know, I think that I think back to my story and I I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I grew up in a really solid family, really solid church, um, was a part of the church my entire life. And it was the glasses, you know, there was times that that I just needed to wipe them down a little bit. And of course, that doesn't mean that there wasn't things that were sketchy and shady happening and things that weren't uh, what God desired in that context. But at the same time, like I think I had been blinded or I'd allowed myself to become blinded to the good that we can do, you know, beyond just getting people to heaven. Cause that's, a, that's goal number one. Um, yeah. But using the things that God's given us, to love people into the kingdom is a beautiful thing. And I, that's what, that's one of the ways that I see feed one is that not only are, are, are you giving kids food and just, you know, laying a plate on their doorstep and going, all right, you live another day, but it's bigger picture than that. Do you just want to kind of share a little bit of that heart, that vision of, of feed one? I like to tell everyone that uh, feed one meets a present future and eternal need in the present. We give a child food every single school day in a month we feed them it allows them to be focused uh their parents allow them to go to school because they don't have to worry about that basic need and you guys you know very well that man when you get hungry it's hard to think about anything else and so you got to start on the, the base of the pyramid yeah but you don't we don't just meet a present need we meet a future need and we work with a lot of these schools and a lot of these children's homes that we provide a education. We actually provide the curriculum for these schools. And so we're not just feeding them, we're helping teach them. And that will in turn change their future, give them an opportunity to advance themselves in, you know, in their societies, provide them with opportunity to go to the next level of schooling. And change their lives. And then finally, and most importantly, it meets the eternal need of Jesus Christ. These are Christian-based curriculums. We work with a lot of churches, a lot of organizations that are faith-based. And so we give these kids the opportunity to learn, to know, and have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I'm like, it's a pretty good return on your investment for like 10 bucks a month, man. It's yeah. uh, that's pretty amazing. So good. And we're, we're excited to be able to partner with that and, you know, podcast listeners just hang on for a few minutes. Once we wrap up, I'm just going to share a few details of what that looks like um, for us to partner with feed one to feed some kids uh, as we move forward with this podcast. But one of the things Tom, that, that really stuck out to me was the way that you activated students 
to raise money for feed one. And so just want to share for a minute, just kind of how people can be creative about this and how people can really lean into the, the things that are in them and the people around them to bring others into this journey that it's not just us writing a check that's old school, but, you know, putting $10 a month for these kids to eat, but to really make it something that we invite those around us in, into it. Oh, absolutely, man. We would, I would always encourage our students when we would have our feed one month uh, to go home over Thanksgiving and be basically ambassadors for feed one and tell their families, you know, and I'm like, I'm not saying you have to be a down or anything, but you sit at your Thanksgiving table at a table full of food, use this opportunity to be thankful, but to tell your family members about we can change people's lives. You know, it's not, I don't, once again, most people aren't bad. They just get kind of siloed into doing their own thing. Yep. And so, and God wants to take us out of our own box and work with us. And so I, we have a lot of different ways in feed one that we get people involved. Um, We are the fundraising for convoys, children's feeding initiative. And so we work with churches. Uh, We have churches that uh, they will do feed one weekends. Basically we can, we send them digital assets, videos, walk them through the process of uh, setting up a campaign. Uh, Normally a pastor will do a nice compassion message and do an ask at the end. And any church can have their own URL set up, uh, giving URL, and we send them a QR code so that all funds are tracked specifically to that church so that uh, we know what people are giving. And so the pastor can know that, hey, this year, our church is supporting a hundred kids a month next year. Let's get involved. You know, let's get 150 kids. Yeah. And so we always encourage, you know, churches to do that. We work with life groups, you know, cause honestly, uh, on a smaller basis, it's always good to have accountability and encourage each other. Um, we are, we just developed our Spanish assets. So everything we have for feed one, all resources are now in Spanish. To so that we can meet that demographics needs. Um, I'm excited because we're actually making something called Feed One Kids. Uh, it's a, to start with, it's a week-long missions program that we are going to roll out to private Christian schools. Uh, basically, we, we have academic lessons, we have activities, we have big projects, and we are going to encourage kids to raise money, kids feeding kids. And uh, helping kids start feed one families where we will fight injustice and we will fight hunger and poverty together. And then we're going to build off of that and uh, develop a program for homeschools and uh, a missions program, kids missions program. So that's very exciting. Uh, Obviously, we work with college students and we also work with uh, organizations, uh, businesses, corporations. And uh, we have a lot of these different ways that, you know, people can give uh, workplace giving or foundational giving. We're, we're pretty diverse. Um, we have a website. Um, we've actually redeveloped it. It's going to be feedone.com, um, depending on when the podcast hits and w- when they upload the new website. It's also available at convoyofhope.org slash feedone. And uh, easy way to connect for people. When we'll have our QR code somewhere right, right around here. Yeah. I don't know where it will be, 
but uh, you can scan that and, and I'll have the link in the description for how you can have that giving actually linked to the podcast. It's a fun way for us to partner with feed one for the next several weeks, but final question, Tom, uh, I asked everybody on the podcast, but what's one piece of advice that you would give to your 22 year old self? Oh, I'd go back and kick myself. <laughs> if I, if I could meet my 22 year old self again, there were 22 year old Tom was doing a lot of dumb things. We'll say that much. It was, I was not coming out of that phase yet. Uh, but I, I touched on it, man. It was place your eyes on Jesus. You, he will not let you down. He will not disappoint you. Everything else will fade away in his glory and his power. And stop worrying about what everyone else is doing and just spend your time pleasing the Father and your life will be pretty good. And then I would have shook myself again because I probably wouldn't have listened to me immediately, but. <laughs> oh, so good. <clears throat> Thanks so much, Tom. And this was so much fun just to connect with you again and um, tell some old stories, but just to hear your heart, not only for young adults, but um, for what you're doing with Feed One, we're just excited to be a part of that. Every Everyone can feed one. And I think that's just a beautiful reminder for us that we can all be a part of this great mission and vision that you guys have. So thanks for doing what you're doing and thanks for jumping on the podcast. Hey, appreciate you guys partnering with us and then thank you for having me, man. Had a blast. Absolutely. All right, we'll catch you later and hope you guys listen. Uh, every week uh, we have new episodes, subscribe, make sure you're connected with us on Instagram, goingsomewhere.podcast. And we're gonna be doing this feed one thing for the next several weeks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I enjoyed this conversation with Tom and I hope you did too. I am pumped to be partnering with Feed One over the next several weeks to be raising money to feed kids. And this is where you come in as a podcast community. We're going to be doing this together. So if you go to feedone.com backslash going somewhere, we have the opportunity to start giving $10 a month is all it takes to feed a child for a month. What can we do together as a family? And I know that we can do more together than we can alone. And that's part of this podcast is that uh, we're all going somewhere. Why don't we go there together? And I think a good place for us to go is to serve a greater cause, something that's bigger than ourselves. And so together, let's aim high. Let's aim to feed 100 kids every single day by giving $10 a month. Let's do this together. Head over to feedone.com backslash going somewhere. Um, let's see where this can go. Obviously share with a friend. Um, we're going to be talking about this more in upcoming weeks. So don't miss out. So subscribe, leave a rating review. So more people see this podcast. It could be a part of the feed one story.